Big fan of uh, more back and forth, a little more when it comes to rivalries. NBA's lost rivalries over the years. I agree, man. Player movement, free agency, just lost it. Too much money. Everybody's just making so much money. Like, why be angry and have a rival when you're rich? When everybody could just get rich. You know what I'm saying? And they're all like, friends. They come up in AAU together. It's not just basketball, though. Like, that's the fight game, man. Like, I'm a big UFC fan, and we'll watch, like, three months of this bitter rivalry, and then at the podium, like, at the press conference, at the weigh-in, they'll be fighting. They can't wait to get their hands on each other. And then right after the fight, we always see this with the celebrity boxing matches. There they are hugging. There's yeah. McGregor. There's yeah. Jake Paul or yeah. Logan Paul, whatever Paul. I don't think we can talk about Conor McGregor right now. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah, just but, leave him you alone. know, so much money um, involved there that then they hug and they're like, right. yeah, right. that's the NBA too. Well, it is to a point. If you start having meaningful playoff games where there's a lot of back and forth, mm-hmm. things change a little bit. So remember, Michael Malone, the Nuggets head coach, was on Pat McAfee's show first and uh, talked, he said, you know, speaking of the Lakers, I just want you guys to know this is breaking news. I'm thinking about retiring. Only kidding. Basically taking a shot at LeBron James for saying that after they lost. Yeah. The Nuggets were really upset that after they won, got to the finals, the conversation nationally was all about the Lakers, which I get. And that's right. But the difference is, sorry, the the Lakers are bigger needle movers right now on a national scale than the Nuggets. Now it's changed a little bit, but at that point, that was still the case. When you have LeBron, yeah. when you have just that, that brand, that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. Well... LeBron James just answered a little while ago. A clapback? Oh, a clapback. But, of course, it's on Instagram. Listen to this flex from LeBron James. Hold on. Before you even read it, I'm okay. going to go with it's It's a music quote. No, it's actually not a music quote. It's okay. way better. Okay. I there, thought it would be like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there is, a, there is probably something that is a quote in there. I'm not sure what it's from. Okay. Um, you may be able to tell me, but we'll see. So, first off, it's a picture of him. I'm not sure what he's on, some sort of stand. I th- Oh, I think it was for like a race or something. So he's waving a flag. That's all I got for you. People know more. Cool. Tell me on Twitter. Uh, this is LeBron's quote. First off, here's the flex. In Europe the past few weeks, minding my business. So LeBron's been in Europe, and he hasn't paid attention to By what doing some reading. Been, yeah, no, just reading. No one's been, Nobody's been talking to LeBron, telling him what's been going on. He has no idea. Stayed off social, I'm sure. And I hear I'm on your mind that much, huh? I mean, I guess I see why. But wave the flag on these flames. Oh, sorry, no. Wave the flag on these lames. I prefer him to wave the flag on the flames and start more of the drama. But he says, wave the flag on these lames. Please make being a player cool again because the lame machine is at an all-time high. Enjoying your light, but just know I'm the sun. I stay on forever. Yeah. Direct shot at Michael Malone and the Nuggets. We got ourselves a rivalry again. Let's go. All right, so I kind of get it both ways, though, right? Like, when I was doing morning radio in Milwaukee and the Bucks, you know, were finally relevant, and they were in the Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto, it was kind of the same thing. Everybody was talking about LeBron, LeBron and Kyrie, like the first takes and the debate shows, and all the callers would freak out about this. And I would say, this is actually a good thing. You know why they're talking about LeBron, the Lakers, the Knicks, you know, the Yankees? They're talking about organizations that have a bunch of dysfunction. They're dysfunctional organizations. You know what I mean? Like, if they're not talking about you, that's a good thing. Because what's more boring than a team that's going to win 60 games, just go out there, do their job, there's no drama. You know what I mean? Like, that's the Nuggets right now. Jokic doesn't have any beef with Jamal Murray. Nobody's looking to get out of there. Nobody's looking for more playing time. Nobody's looking for more money right now. So it's kind of a boring story. Like, they went to the championship. They went to the finals. They won in five. They played the the eighth-seeded Heat. And now it's over. What's not over is, you know, LeBron went to the podium after the Lakers were bounced and said there was a good chance maybe that he would retire. Not a good chance, but he said he was thinking about retirement. 
So, which can mean a lot of things, by the way. Right. So, like, what is there to talk about with the Nuggets right now? Can this team be a dynasty? Can they repeat? That's yeah. boring. That's what right. you do in Denver. Right. You don't do that nationally. Well, we you did do about, that. We did that yesterday. Well, we but. could do that as a betting show, especially because <laughs> we're giving odds and we're trying to make people the money. But, you know, like a better story nationally is, is LeBron going to go back? Is LeBron going to get moved? Would LeBron go to Dallas? Would LeBron go and play with Kyrie elsewhere? Is Kyrie going to go to the Lakers? There's just so much meat on that bone. So, I get it. But... And I was looking at where LeBron's coming from, though, because why are they so obsessed with the Lakers and LeBron James? Because they just won the finals. Like, go on vacation, man. And I do like Mike Malone, but he is kind of obsessed. Uh, he is 100%. And I'm team old guy, so, but like, God, I love go it. LeBron. I mean, he, yeah, Michael me too, Malone at the, at the the parade with the hat turned sideways and then the T-shirt and he's drunk and he's just – I mean, it was – a sight. It was a show. Yeah. And I love every second of it. And I'm glad because now Nuggets Lakers is going to be must-watch TV next year. And you know what? I'll say this, too. And then we'll move on to the NFL Coach of the Year Awards here. Market. Here's the thing about these types of topics. People complain, yet we don't do this kind of stuff. Whether Our show is a little different, obviously, but we're not just going to get into hardcore nerd numbers. Like, There's a reason why we use the word wagertainment. There's a mix of everything on this show and everything else on the network. All right. We talk about the things that the audience cares about. We talk about the things that the masses care about. Now, you know what the masses care about if it's not from a betting perspective? The Lakers and drama and all of that. Sorry, I would love to sit and get into the minutiae all the time. We could do it again, a little more here. Yeah. But most people, you got to understand with, with a traditional sports show especially, that's going to be part of it. Get over it. Because if it isn't popular, you don't see the numbers for it, you're not going to have the conversation anymore. I've been, I was in D.C. for over a decade. You know how much Redskins, uh, uh, t- Commanders, football team, all the stupid names that? Do you know how much we talked about that team even in the offseason? Do you know why we did it? Because people cared. Yeah. You know what people didn't care about on the radio? Hockey. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. They yeah. didn't care. Well, That's I why mean, you do it. Drama sells. It's not even sports, though. Like, for example, man. Everybody watches the Kardashians, except for me, of course. I've, I've never seen one episode. Liar. Everybody watches. You're married. The, everybody I know you've watched watches it before. the Jersey Shore. <laughs> everybody watches the Hills. You know why? Those people are a freaking mess. There's nothing but drama. They're always arguing. You know what people don't want to watch? You go home tonight. You and your watch watch Bla- You and your wife watch Black Mirror, or you cook some pasta, or you have some wine. Because there's no dysfunction there. You know what I mean? Like, people don't want to watch this, like, happy family. They want to watch the Kardashians right. rip each other's faces off yeah. and fight over Lamar Odom. So that's why, like, drama sells. Like, the Nuggets, there's no drama there. The Bucks, there's no drama there. You know, some of these teams, there's just no drama. But, you know, the Knicks are always a great story because they have a doofus run in the team that just won't sell the team for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, there's just like, there's always meat on that, but I mean, there's look, always something to talk about. Pro wrestling's on in this room right now. It has never been on in the studio before. I can't before. figure out you know how what? to change this I know you channel. can't, but you know why, <laughs> you know why, for you know why people watch this stupid stuff? Because there's drama. It's the worst acting ever. It's I so corny. It. Listen, I reckon. You rec- hate it. I love it. I, I recognize This is a bad way to works. get you involved like with it, too. This is like, okay, so really quick. So, uh, All right. My wife. Uh, like when we first started dating, she sold me that she was this huge sports fan. I went to high school with her. She was on the dance team. She does like football. But she always, like, she would watch every single game. NBA season. We'd have the Sunday ticket. She'd sit down there and literally watch 14 hours of football. Then I find out once she got the ring, once we got married, she's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> she's like. Oh, you got tricked that goes, way too? So did I. She goes, I like sports. 
but it's just not my life like it's yours. <laughs> but also, she would watch WWE with me. She would watch the pay-per-views because this, this is back before the network. I'd have to order them for mm -hmm. like $35, and i tried to like keep it a secret. She'd be like, what are you doing on Sunday? I'd be like, oh, you know, I got the flu. And then she would like sneak up on me to bring me soup, and she'd see there I am watching the Royal Rumble. So uh, she was like into it for like two years. She yeah. would watch WWE Raw, SmackDown, the pay-per-views. Now she just absolutely hates it. And there's nothing though more embarrassing because there's like some there's some good in wrestling, but then there's like this what we're watching this right is now. So bad. Yeah, this is a bad way to introduce you to the sport. I mean, no, it's not. These guys to me. got like I've seen it. On right I've now. seen it a million times, but they look like, like I just Zoolander characters. It's just it's it's just ridiculous. But it is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, but if the Undertaker was fighting John Cena, I could okay, probably that's get a, you yeah, into I get it. it. I, just, I can't get you into whatever this is. I, I don't know what's on TV is, right now. Like, my, like when my wife would come in though, and there'd be something like embarrassing on, I'd be like, oh. God, I look like such a doofus I mean, watching this. These two guys with the blue, I don't know what they're, anyway, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, NFL Coach of the Year, speaking of blue, Dan Campbell's the favorite to win Coach of the Year at plus 850. Mm -hmm. See how I segued away from that? That's yeah. called professionalism right there. Sean yeah. Payton, 9-1. Matt Eberflus, 11-1. Robert Sala, 15. Uh, Arthur Smith, 16. Matt LaFleur is also in 16. Frank Reich, 20. Uh, you know, this is an interesting market because, like, you brought up something I think that's a good point. You said it during the break, I think, where it was Matt LaFleur won 13 games three straight years for the Packers, yeah. but never won a coach of the year because he had Aaron Rodgers, and some people actually held that against him. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's – like, people also like to rip Aaron Rodgers and say that he was done, but he did win back-to-back -back MVPs, yeah. so it took some of it away. It's – I to me, it's the, it's the team you think is going to make the biggest jump from the last year to this year, and a lot of times it's those first-year head coaches – I do like Sean Payton at nine to one, but I really need, we're gonna have to have a really good year from Russell Wilson to be able to say, okay, he fixed him. Look at the difference from last year to this year. But there's definitely some value a lot farther down, like Shane Steichen maybe at twenty five to one with the Colts. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And th and that's what I was gonna say, man. Like this is my favorite award market to bet, to be honest with you, because MVP, you know, that's like Rookie of the Year. Those are fun, but with the Coach of the Year market. Like, I could look at this market right now and just cross off names. Some yes. of these names right at the top of the list because of what you just said. Like, Robert Sala is not going to be the coach of the year even if the Jets win 13 games. Nope. Because they went out and they picked up Aaron Rodgers, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback with the Super Bowl ring, who just won back-to-back -back MVPs. So, Robert Sala at 15-1, to 1, I think, would be a dumb bet. Dan Campbell, plus 850. Okay, maybe the Lions get into the playoffs. They win 12, 13 games for the first time ever. Maybe that's a good bet. But like you said, I look at that coach that's taken over for a losing, you know, a losing team, like, you know, like a Kevin O'Connell last year takes over for the Minnesota Vikings and they win 13 games, they win the NFC North. But sometimes you can't even look at that because like Matt LaFleur, Green Bay was an absolute mess. They missed the playoffs. They fire Mike McCarthy. They bring in LaFleur. A lot of people thought Rodgers was washed. They went 13 and 3. But the narrative was, well, he won 13 games because he had Aaron Rodgers. Even though that first year with Rodgers and LaFleur together, that wasn't a great year for Rodgers. That's why they drafted Jordan Love mm -hmm. in the draft that year. So, like, you look at some of these names, man, and I feel like there's just a couple that you cross off. Like, Zach Taylor, 25-1. to 1, He's not going to be the coach of the year unless the Bengals go a perfect 17-0. Right. Because if they win 12, 13 games, there's so much talent on that team. You're not going to think, oh, man, Zach Taylor did a hell of a job. But like you said, you got these first-year head coaches. Sean Payton, if he goes to Denver, even with Russell Wilson, who's probably going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, has a Super Bowl, played in another. Maybe, yeah, because Russell Wilson looked terrible and the Broncos look like a mess. I look at guys like Matt Eberflus, though. You know what I mean? The Bears mm -hmm. have been terrible, and the Bears' defense last year was terrible. And Justin Fields, we don't know if he's the answer or not, but 11-1 to for Matt Eberflus. If the Bears win 10-11 games and they win the NFC North, 
especially with those odds, nearly 4-1, to one, he'd be coach of the year. Now would be a good time to bet Matt LaFleur at 16-1 to one because Aaron yep. Rodgers is gone. Jordan Love's been sitting with a clipboard the last four years. The defense didn't live up the expectations last year. 16-1 to one might be a decent price. If I had to go anywhere on this list, though, I would take a look probably at Arthur Smith, 16-1, to one, just because, man, like, we know he's a great play caller. We don't know if he's a solid head coach. What if Atlanta, and I don't really love Desmond Ritter, but that run game, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, the defense stinks. But what if they just outscore everybody in a terrible division? You know, that's a pretty decent price mm-hmm. for a guy like that. I like Shane Steichen at 25-1. to 1. I think Anthony Richardson, he's a project, but I think he can make some plays. You know, and with that run game, we'll see what the system looks like. It still needs to be a lot of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. He's also in a contract year, so he's going to run hard. Yeah, that's why I like that so, one. So, what about... Doug Peterson at 22 to 1. I think that's a crazy number. And here's why I say that. Because the the Jags could end up being in a position where they have look they won 9 games last year. What if they win 12 this year? What if they win 13? That's not out of the realm of possibility. They're going to be better than where they were last year. I know the AFC's loaded, but there are some teams in the AFC that maybe will prioritize health late in the year. Yeah. As opposed to like a 2 seed versus a 1 or a 3 versus a 2. It doesn't happen as much as it does, obviously, in the NBA. But there might be enough where the Jags can sneak up on people, and that twenty-two to one goes down to ten to one, like really quickly during the season. And the Jags start off like four and one. The only thing that would scare me a little bit is like Trevor Lawrence had that ridiculous second half of the season mm-hmm. where he only threw two picks. He had the best QB rating in the AFC the final two months of the season, and they have so much talent now. They have Kelvin Ridley that you pair with all those offensive weapons. Maybe like. You know, they'd say, okay, you know, he's a good coach, but that's a really talented team. I just, you know, you look at the list, man. Pete Carroll's not going to be coach of the year. Kevin Stefanski's mm. not going to be coach of the year. Bill Belichick, I don't think there's any chance. Brandon Staley, like, even uh. if the Chargers win 12, 13 games, they're the most talented team on paper in the league, so I don't think he has a shot. Mike McDaniel at 22 to 1. I would rather bet Mike McDaniel at 22 to 1 than the Dolphins, you know, 5 to 1, 6 to 1 to win that division with the Jets and the Bills in that division. And I think that might be a really good bet, actually. Because Tua hasn't stayed healthy his mm-hmm. entire career. The defense was an absolute mess. Now you add Vic Fangio. Um, I don't think that that's a bad bet just because everybody loves Mike McDaniel, too. He's quirky. He's a great quote. He's kind of a weirdo. 22 to 1 might be a decent price, actually. And I think I would rather bet that than the Dolphins to win the division. And if the Dolphins do win the division, I think Mike McDaniel's probably your coach of the year. There's so much love for Dan Campbell and the Lions. It's getting obnoxious. And it's getting. Yeah. It's almost to that point where you got a friend that's drank way too much and he's spending way too much time with somebody at the bar that he doesn't need to be. And you're like, this is not. Not a, you're way too far in love, way too quick, my friend. Yeah. Let's pump the brakes and slow down. You're, you're, you're throwing yourself out there way too early. That's how it feels. Like, I look, I understand what they looked like at the end of last year. We love Dan Campbell from year one. That team played hard, even though they weren't good. Covered a lot, which was always a great thing in his first year. But we've just gotten to the point now where, like, we're looking at Dan Campbell as, like, the savior here. And this right. Lions team, I know the NFC is weak, yeah. but it's just it's too much where it almost shy, makes me shy away. Plus, it's plus 850. That's not like it's that great considering what else is out there. No, I don't like that price. I'm going to go Eberflus 11-1. to 1. That's going right. to be my bet this season. Over the Bears winning the NFC North. Love I'll that probably price. go Steichen as one, and I may, I may sprinkle on Doug Peterson. I may, I'm going to trust in my guy Trevor Lawrence.